Good evening, folks. I hope you're all well. Bear with me here. This is not going to be my most organised program. I know you're thinking, how can it get worse? Um, it has been quite the day here at LNG headquarters. Um, I'm sure some of you will be joining me here very shortly. I hope so, anyway, otherwise this will be uh, quite the outing. I see he's put in the chat. Hang on a second. All right. Am I ready to go? Pretty sure that's probably on the air, right? I'm ready. I'm on. Okay. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome to the official AEW New Japan Forbidden Door review show. Um, genuinely, all bits aside, finished the show about an hour ago. Um, it has been quite the day. The television that I intended to be watching this event on um, broke, which was impressive and one of the most incredible things I've ever experienced as a bit. I take all things in life as being a bit, so I just simply um, mostly dismissed it as a good rib and, and carried on with my day. Uh, but it did mean that I did not watch the show until around 7pm here in Great Britain, which meant that when I turned my phone on, Listen, folks, I'm not the most popular guy, but my God, that was something. Um, there was a whole lot waiting for me. So I've been filing through that. There is definitely stuff we're going to talk about tonight that you guys are going to inform me about, okay? But that's the beauty of this show. I hope you're all well. I'm sure you're excited to talk about what we're talking about tonight because I'm excited to talk about it. Forbidden Door was, um, was spectacular. One of the best pay-per-views in recent memory is where I'm going to go. I'm not going to go further than that because, you know, I'll start a dialogue and all that good stuff, but it's one of the best previews I've ever seen. Uh, it was an absolute blast. Right, firstly, this 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 do uh, let me show some love to Cheese now. Cheered three hundred bits. Um, you can show us love on Twitch, or as always, you can send us a uh, super grin. Streamers.com slash late night grin. Uh, either way, we love all the support. Whether you just want to watch and pop, that's fine with me, brother. So I hope everyone's well. And let's um, let's get to it. Melissa also cheered hundred bits. Appreciate the bits, folks. I very much do. All right. I'm looking at the chat, guys. I'm probably going to miss a lot of... Um... There you go. Probably going to miss... Brucey Beats, you're there for a great show, pal. Safe flight back, brother. Um... I'm probably going to miss a lot of the chat because we have a lot to talk about, right? Clearly, I spent three minutes talking about nothing. So let's get into it. Let's talk Forbidden Door. Here's what we're going to do first, though. Speaking of chat. Best match on the show. I'm intrigued. Chat. I think there's, a, I think there's one that's clear, genuinely. Um, because I think there's one that's, like, in its own level. As weird as that sounds. And everything kind of goes from there. And I'm intrigued if you guys are on the same. Yep. Here it is. That's the consensus. It's almost the same. All right, let's get straight in with that. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of work from that way. Um, I was very you know, kind of certain that while it was not a natural match in terms of um, stylistically the obvious choice for a Will Ospreay match, um, I was pretty confident that they you know, were going to kill it, Orange and Ospreay. But I have to say, I thought they exceeded my actually pretty high expectations for what they would do once the bell rang. And not in the way that I initially expected. 
I actually was kind of surprised at how much of the, the hits Orange played here. I thought he made completely subvert expectations and wrestling the way he did uh, the brawl on on Friday's Rampage. He got there in the end, but actually it was a lot more within the, tr- the familiar kind of structure of the Orange Cassidy matches that we've come to know and for most of us love. Um, but the level of execution was really was really the key here. Um, Will Ospreay, in terms of what he can do physically and what he can pack into the simplest of back bumps and what he can do offensively is like in his own world almost in that regard. Um, and while I do think people had a fair concern about is he willing to be the butt of the joke, I actually thought it was the charm of the match was that at every which turn, Osprey almost refused <laughs> to ever concede defeat at any turn, you know. <laughs> Orange could rally off five to ten offensive moves and Osprey would take a try and immediately signal to the crowd, like, this is fucking easy. You know, I was just playing with him. This is a joke. And, um, yeah, I, I thought that was a wonderful dynamic and they really explored it. The kick out on the um, the blade deal, you know, the elbow, what the fuck, um, was unbelievable and caught me way off guard. Orange, you could tell, like, as much as the audience adores him, you got the sense that he had to, like, actively convince the audience that this was the spot for him. And that played out throughout the match, which I loved. Like, by the end of it, it was, like, feasible within the match that Orange was going to win, even though you knew Orange couldn't win and was never going to. They worked it so fabulously that you could kind of talk yourself into it. Some great near falls. Um and another great example of kind of how often in pro wrestling matchmaking is a is a, a unique beast in that while this certainly made sense and you could tell it was going to be good, I think um, it's like kind of a great example of how these weird kind of stylistic clashes make for the best matchups. I thought it was clearly the best match of the night. And I honestly, I... There was some matches on here that I loved. I thought it was, and again, let me stress again, an unbelievable pay-per-view. Like, I know it'd be really good, but it was actually great. One of the best pay-per-views they've ever done. But, um, but yeah, it was, this one was the clear standout match. And this is exactly what Bill's Mafia says. You know, Osprey really got a star reaction. And while they like Orange, I did get the sense early on that when he was doing his, you know, classic offense, there was this kind of sense in the building of like, I mean, this is cool and all, but, we see Will Ospreay as like a main event wrestler. And when by the end of the match, Orange felt like he's equal in that regard, which is a credit to what both the guys did. Um, Osprey got to do all of his coolest shit and pop the crowd while absolutely playing into to Orange perfectly. Um, I've been very, very impressed by Osprey's on an AEW. I hadn't seen a bunch of the top guy in New Japan stuff. I was lucky enough to see quite a lot of him way, way back when. Um, like I was there for the... Uh, for the, the match he had with um with AJ and the other dude, and then the famous match with Okada. So I kind of had that familiarity with him, but I hadn't seen how much he kind of evolved in terms of being a heavyweight. I actually think it really suits him. I've seen a lot of takes on the contrary, which fair, we all like different things. But personally, um, I really think he's found a nice sweet spot where he's still spectacular, but his stuff's got an edge to it, you know, and um, I've always great here. Very happy for Orange Cassidy, too, who I think could be in for a big summer. I talked about this a little bit on Fleet Week. If you haven't seen that, go check it out over on the YouTube channel. But um, 
I think with so many people out, you know, a familiar face and a star of orange, you know, kind of caliber. I really think he, uh, I really think he could be a player again in this kind of in this tier. I'm, I'm not saying that it will be like saying you go to a bunch, but he's a lot more useful with this many guys down than he would have been if everyone was around. And I don't mean that as a slight. It's just it's hard, right? Next man up and such, but. Um, with this performance, I think you can get a lot out of us of um, Orange Story as a top guy again. So, a great, great match. I thought clearly the best match on the show, and I say that as someone that was in the four and over range, um, you know, for a lot of these matches. I thought the show was was spectacular. Um, right, let's uh, let's look elsewhere. Up next, I would go with personally. Up next, I would go with John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, this one was pretty special, I thought, in a range of ways. Oh, yeah, I should mention that. Thank you, Jason. The Shibata thing was a great, great moment, and the interaction with Orange, and just it was great to see him in that setting and the way the audience came up for him immediately when his music played. Great moment. Wonderful use of Shibata. And, uh, yeah, nothing but love for that. It was great. This also rules. Movie theater popping for Shibata. Wrestling's come a long way. I think that's one of the stories of last night. Um, again, folks, I apologize for missed stuff. I have no notes. My phone literally just came on. So help me out. Throw stuff in the chat that remind me of stuff and tell me stuff, frankly, because I missed a lot of the, the scrum stuff that I've seen since I went on social. So, um, yeah. It's about Tanahashi and Moxley. Uh, this had a very unique feel, I thought, in terms of atmosphere. Um this show had a generally, to me, had like a festival feel almost. It was like a fun spectacle, an extravaganza. You know, this, there was this wonderful atmosphere and there was a lot of multi-man matches, which easily allows you to kind of um, to kind of spread the love in terms of focus. And it's, it's more move-oriented. That's not a criticism, but, you know. Um, and it kind of had this joyous wrestling party, wrestling celebration, that was the vibe I got from most of the show. And then it came to the main event, which had like the ultimate um, big match feel. And John Moxley was a big time part of that in terms of his entrance. I mean, Wild Thing is one of the great entrances in wrestling. I like they use a little New Japan opening too from his, his theme there. But if you like go back and rewatch this, the absolute energy and the general demeanor of John Moxley here was very much that of a wrestler going into the biggest match of his life. And I am a firm believer in the idea that as fans, we can only take it as seriously as the wrestlers take it themselves. And there is time and a place for comedy and variety and so on and so forth. But when you see a guy like John Moxley in this mode, you know, He's always fired up, but there was something very different here. There was a gravity to the moment. It kind of encapsulates what, for me, pro wrestling is all about. You know, and, and as Doc mentions, Regal being there. Um, to me, that's that's my favorite brand of this shit, I guess, right? Like, that had the kind of feel of what, uh, of like a big prize fight, which is magical. Um, yeah. So, mostly had that and... The regal part, so on and so forth. Like it was, it was wonderful. Tanahashi, he always brings that that big fight feel. He's a he's a superstar, right? But as a fan of Hiroshi Tanahashi and as someone that truly believes he is one of the great pro wrestlers, this was a 
a relieving, rewarding experience. Um, I was concerned about Tanahashi. Not concerned that he couldn't, you know, he couldn't pull it off. I knew deep down it's fucking Hiroshi Tanahashi. He's not going to embarrass himself in front of 15,000 people. But at the same time, I was aware that at this point in his life physically, well, you know, he's been through a lot and he's beat up an awful lot. And I was just concerned that after four hours of wrestling, those frailties would limit him somewhat, you know? Like the idea that you see all this great action and then here comes Hiroshi Tanahashi and he's struggling out there. But in peak Hiroshi Tanahashi fashion, of course he just continues to weaponize those frailties. He continues to be this wonderfully endearing, prideful champion. And the last act of this match, the last portion of this match, it was a matter of time, right? It was very much framed that way. It was just Tanahashi surviving. And he had a couple of great near-falls, don't be wrong. Like he had a couple of big-time roll-ups down the stretch and stuff. But for the most part, the end, it was a formality. It was more the way it played out. So much so, the audience began to boo Moxley's, you know, big elbows and uh, was chanting, go ace. And I think this was, look, folks, I'm sure he's got classics left in him. And this match proves he's still got some some greatness, more than some, left in the tank. But as a fan of Hiroshi Tanahashi, I saw this as like a wonderful kind of, um, a wonderful statement as to who he has been for so long, you know, and his ability to, to make people feel something and his ability to create drama and do epics that don't overstay their welcome, which, you know, I'm sure there's some that, that are, um, that are kind of, you know, not that, not the case in that regard, but I think he was very good at that. This match was only 18 minutes long, according to the fame cage match. And it packed an awful lot of drama in it. And it felt like, you know, a a match that you really lived and died with. It was it was very very kind of um, enduring, honestly. Hiroshi Tanahashi is one of the most remarkable wrestlers ever, and this was his. This was everything that makes him great. Kind of bottled up in front of a pretty honestly the biggest audience he's ever wrestled in front of. Not live crowd, I'm aware of that, but in terms of globally, you gotta believe this is the biggest the amount of eyeballs ever on him, right? You have to. It has to be the case. I mean, this got a lot of buzz. This weekend, you could tell the buzz, like, it really shifted. Like, I thought the hype was, it was there, but kind of under the radar. When it got here, I think everyone went through the same thing that, frankly, I did, which was, you know, we're here now, man. Like, whether you want it to be this or want it to be that, they've had a lot of bad luck. Let's embrace this show for what it is. We know it's going to be a good time. It was a great time. It was much more than than even I expected. But, um I'll never forget the crowd coming up with those go ace chants, bro. That was that was that was really special. And again, another example of, and we'll get to another one later, but I don't want to overstate this part because Ring of Honor crowds would treat the Japanese guys like kings for the longest, but that was a different audience. By different, let's be real, that was a smaller audience. I love Ring of Honor, so I say that with love. But I can't tell you that it doesn't it it means I think it's special to see a Tanahashi and an Okada and a Suzuki which happened over and over again. Here at the United Center, one of the most iconic buildings in the sporting world, in the, in Chicago, getting that kind of uh, of reaction. A hero's welcome. I told me internet's bad. I hope I come back here. I can see it's very groggy. Hmm. Hopefully you can still see me and hear me at least. If you can hear me, that's okay. 
Yes, I'm coming back, hopefully. Um, but yeah, great to see him get that reaction and and uh, the fact that they were booing Moxley there, not booing him as much as the idea that he was going to win is speaks volumes about the power of Hiroshi Tanishika. I hope I'm back now. That was weird. I had the win issue there. Um, all right. This, this look is, by the way, I don't mean to slight uh, Moxley. I know I talked about Tanashi a lot there, but, you know, you get what you get, I suppose. I mean, John Moxley, we talk about him a lot on these shows. Very special. One of the great wrestlers of this generation, for sure. This was a big moment for him. It popped me huge that he bled the way he did because, I mean, <laughs> of course, right? Like, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. It was like on those stomps. He just came up bleeding and stuff. Of course, man, he can't help himself. But I thought he was great. And, you know, he's the right guy to kind of lead this company through the times it's going through right now. So there you go. Um, great main event. All right. Up next, I would say for me, in this kind of informal uh, ranking I'm putting out here, I would say up next... Claudio uh, Castagnoli, Zack Sabre Jr. They big, got me big on that opening salvo there. I thought there was a chance they just did that because, you know, it's his debut and such. One tiny thing, and I mean tiny things, I don't want to do negatives about something like this, but like, you know, probably would have shot like the ramp for the debut. Kind of give me Kevin Dunn vibes, the way he shot the crowd. But the pot was so great, and I was happy to see people excited, so fuck it, I don't care. I just, one little thing, it was a little weird to me the way they shot that, but it's fine. Um, maybe they can release the alternative edition, like they would have with Edge that time. That's very funny. Um, of course, Claudio got a massive reaction, right? Like, that that's his type of audience. Honestly, AEW fans in general is his type of audience. Like, dudes made to be in this promotion if we're being real he's made to be on this type of show um yeah this basically is what i'm getting at like joe says it i'd like to see what people are reacting to before seeing them react to it that's about it um and yeah so he got a huge reaction he looked delighted about it and it was a reminder of kind of my take on on this whole situation if you guys go back to when the news came out been being a free agent and stuff like I never want to be the guy who judges people's, you know, decisions. It's not it's nothing to do with me, right? If he went back to WWE, all how good luck to him, get that money. But at the same time, instinctively, all I could think was he needs to, you know, not needs to, but he's he kind of feels like his home is elsewhere at this point. Like he had a great run in WWE. He should have done a lot more, but he made a lot of money and you know was featured kind of throughout the years and had some stuff that people remember fondly. But it was time for him to, to do this, I think. And I think the reaction was a perfect example of why. I thought his demeanour, it was so good to just see him just looking comfortable out there and, like, not being in, you know, I have been told by this agent to do this tonight in terms of emoting. And, like, he just was being Claudio, man. And it was fucking cool. It, it, it You know, it was a very special moment. I'm going to be saying that a lot, unfortunately, but, it, you know. He looked delighted, and they went into that opening spot, and I honestly bit it because I was like, fuck it, man. Maybe you should just have him beat Zach. And they did a wonderful job of Zach. I can't put over enough how good Zach Sabre Jr. was here. Like an unbelievable effort from him because this was challenging from his perspective. You, you've got to do what's right by Claudia, right? He's debuting the territory. 
but you've also got to, you know, both give the audience the match they want it to be, which is a challenge considering, um, not considering the talent, but considering that you, you don't want to go 50-50 with the man. Um, you also have to get yourself, you know, protect yourself a little bit. And they did this great deal where Claudio had like an extended shine where every turn he would like power out of stuff or do something cool. And like, he always had like these highlight moments throughout the first, you know, half of the match. But Zach, um, did this deal where like he chipped away at him in that, in that protect, in that kind of uh, portion of the match, you know, like Claudio was in the shine and would, he would, it was sustained, but throughout it, Zach would take like one shot at the arm, you know, or he would go for the league once and then Claudio would power out and he'd go back to looking awesome. And then that allowed for the heat's a strong word for it, but for Zach's kind of stuff down the stretch, that allowed for it to make a lot of sense because he had established that early in the match, even when selling and bumping for Zach. Um, you know, you don't, you guys don't need me to come on here and say that, hey guys, Claudio Castanelli is very strong, but fuck, I mean, dude's, <laughs> the dude's, the dude is a monster physically. He could do some absurd stuff. He really is like a, like a, a comic book hero. He's crazy. Um, but yeah, he looked great. Happy to see him, obviously. Um, it always felt like it had to be him. Kind of encapsulated that. I think I froze there, but um, the way they show it kind of encapsulated that. Like he's, you know, he's going to be a real treat, I think, to watch in this promotion where he can kind of do what he wants in ring because he's fucking Claudio. No one's going to tell him otherwise. Uh, his instincts are good in that regard. I think when he's paired with, um, you know, guys that kind of... Because the thing with Claudio I always thought was he's like one of the most remarkable wrestlers ever. So that's what he can do. But he's at his best when he's paired with someone who can bring, like, the the emotion and fire to a matchup, you know? Um, that's why him and Eddie were such a great matchup back in the day because he's perfect almost. And athletically, he can do anything. So when you pair him with someone who's aggressively imperfect, like an Eddie Kingston, that's where you get that kind of wonderful dynamic. So I think you're going to see more and more of that. Honestly, um, he's a guy you need to just let wrestle. Like regularly, should just wrestle all the time. It's fucking Claudio, dude. What is that left to say? I couldn't be happier for him. Couldn't be a more deserving wrestler for that moment. Um, and big credit to Zach, who did a fabulous job. Um, an anonymous gifter. My God. Uh, they gifted five community subs. Thank you, Anonymous Gifter. And OC203 followed. We appreciate you guys. Like Claudio Takeshita is some craziness. Um, serious question. If Danielson, AJ, and Joe are one, two, and three, is Claudio four? I don't know what this category is called, but I know it's a category. It's weird because, like, rightly or wrongly, I kind of look at Claudio as being like the crop after them which I don't think is accurate at all. It's how my brain works. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if you were ranking them as like historically, I think even Hero are closer than people realize. Like I would be very tempted to have Hero above him if I was just lifting, you know, give um, just listing the great workers of the last 20 years. Because like Claudio is in WWE for so long, which is awesome, but it, it kind of limits the match catalog part of it, right? Um, yes, yeah, so see, this is going to go up on YouTube. I'll probably post it right after this, bro, so you, you'll be good. Um, and also, if it takes so long 
this is one thing that if you if you guys are like waiting for the YouTube gimmick, it's on the uh if you go to Twitch, you can get like the demand, the on-demand gimmicks. So um when this is done, you better catch all of it. But if not, yeah, I'll upload it to YouTube. All good. Um Oh, of course, yes. I agree. I, I totally got what you meant. You meant it's a compliment. Being fourth after those three is is tremendous. Um, I, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. We should explore that sometime. I know that the Oracle of Wrestling often describes Claudio as a top 100 wrestler of all time, which may not sound like a grin, but I promise that's a grin. Um, all right. Big love to Claudio. Very happy for him. Okay. Up next, I would go with opening match. Six man, Eddie, you are show up up against Jericho, Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara. This was the perfect choice for opener. It kind of felt like when I was looking at the card, a natural fit based on entrance alone. Honestly, listen, guys, I know it's boring, I know you don't need me to tell you it's outrageous how popular Eddie Kingston is. I mean, it's absolutely honestly, it's it's kind of it's kind of dizzying, frankly, for me just seeing how. Like, he really feels like the most over guy on the show, um, which on this show especially is quite the feat. Tremendous, tremendous opener. Loved reaction for um, for King and Suzuki's, uh, you know, exchange there early. Crowd was way into that. Um, Sammy, I thought it was actually a lot of fun here. It's like the big bumping heel, which actually was necessary in this match with Suzuki and Jericho as his partners. Um, Shota had a star-making performance, honestly. He looked incredible. Um, Yuta was in there for a bunch. He was in there for like the first the first five minutes of the match. Well, he's the only guy in there. Um, everyone was great here. And let's not to forget Jericho, who worked, honestly, like outrageously hard considering the setting. I mean... I get it's forbidden daughters United Center, but like dude's doing blood and guts on Wednesday and he's genuinely like 50. And he did like he did spots off like the top rope and shit. <laughs> it was honestly kinda of, kind of wild. I will say it like slightly like not even slightly, it did kind of fall away, I thought, at the end. <clears throat> but the first two thirds of it was so strong that I, I think that's next for me. I, I really did uh, love the match. And this is the thing, and someone brought up the announcement, I want to circle back to that. But, and there you go, Kurt just brought it up. It's very lazy, and critics that are better than me wouldn't do it, all right? But I'm just going to be honest to you guys, and I think a lot of you will know what I mean. The crowd is a big part of my experience with pro wrestling. This match actually contained a lot of good work, because obviously they're all very good wrestlers. But, like, the big thing with this show is, as good as the wrestling was, the fucking atmosphere, man. Like, you can't forget that or understate that. And last night on the Recipe podcast, I actually mentioned this. I was like, I want Eddie to have a singles match. But it's Eddie Kingston, the United Center, fighting Jericho and Suzuki. And it, what I meant by that was, I know how hot this is going to be. I don't know how fun it's going to be because of that. Speaking of the crowd, Joe's right. Yuta was over huge in the building. Um, you know, it just, it's a big part of it. It really is. And I think people in my position, I think we're all very scared of sounding like dumb fucks. And we, so we can't have reasons for wrestling to be good or bad. But the crowd's a big part of this. Speaking of crowds, we have a guest here. Appears to be hopping on. A familiar face in the 
the Grinner Circle, the confirmed shoe. Right, Hello, man. Joe. Hi, mate. I'm doing good. Yeah, you just come out of the editing, <laughs> the editing bay, dude. O'Neill's been kicking the shit out of me, man. Just yelling and like. Which, which way do you want to go here? Here, or do you prefer the? Let's do that. Okay, can we? I'm change gonna try to get my hat here? lower and lower here. All right, let's change that so we don't have just like that behind us for a range of reasons. Let's do... That's better, right? Yeah, that'll do. Let's put some. Uh, let's right, put okay. some graphics up here. Look at it. <laughs> We haven't went to that one in a while. There you go. Um, I was just saying, I know you all very much like this. Like, we all, you know, we talk about this and that and the details. How big is a crowd for a wrestling show like this, man? Like, it's massive, isn't it? That was probably the best crowd of all time last night. And, yeah, you can't underestimate um, the difference that can make. I mean, that was a good show anyway. So, you know, we don't want to act like it was just the crowd, but yeah, that took it to another level. I tweeted that out like we've seen crowds like that before, but not that sustained it for the entire show like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, was freakish, only, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> it there, was, was there was only maybe one match where they kind of. Yeah. And even that, I mean, even that, you know, for. I mean, the, the Rosa and Tony, they were still pretty into that. They had More trading chance, yeah. 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 Um, but that was definitely, like, noticeably less than everything. But they were still with it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that crowd was incredible. That show, well, I don't know how much you've talked about already. Um, so I've done – I'm kind of going in order of, like, this my perceived match quality. As you know, I've seen nothing. So like, I don't know. For based on cage match, I'm kind of with the consensus, which is always good for my ego. But I have talked about, and I'll give you kind of the floor on these. Osprey and Orange was my favorite match of the night. I thought it was unbelievable. What did you think of, of Osprey and Orange? It was tremendous. Um, I don't like Will Osprey for, you know, non-wrestling reasons, honestly. Um hmm I don't even know, like, I'm not even talking about, like, problematic or whatever. I don't even, I don't really know. I just, I think he's a dick. But um, he was tremendous last night. Um, I'm a big fan of Orange Cassidy. I know he's kind of polarizing in some ways. Yeah. Um, I've been kind of surprised that some people in the community don't really like him very much. But, like, I think he's great, man. That match yeah. last night, um, you know, he really... I don't want to say stepped up because that's not fair because he's always good, but mm-hmm. that wasn't like Osprey showing up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, he's Orange is that good, man. Like, yeah, there's like a misconception with him, right? Like, there's a there's this like kind of because he's a gimmick, people can't quite grasp that. Like, in terms of sheer skill, he really is that good. <laughs> like, he's a oh, great wrestler. Yeah. Great, my god, yeah. my god, what's I, I forgot we had this. Okay, good. Um, Plus, I can show off my bald head. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'm not fooling anyone with these hats, so <laughs> it's not oh, like man. people forget I don't have any hair. <laughs> I only just found out it's crazy, man. It's difficult to do with it on the air. Um, Why is Monty in the chat? I don't like him. Do we have Second, any? Do we have any mods here who can ban him? Second, I had uh, Moxley and Tanahashi, and I, I got a pretty I went pretty detailed on this shoot, but I, 
the old fucker, man, bless him. His knees are short. <laughs> he's kind of, when he gets up to the top rope, I hold my breath. He won a, the whole crowd wanted him to win. It was oh, yeah. amazing. You said that was going to happen. Um, yeah. It was still kind of surreal to actually see it happen. Like, they were trying to go ace. Yeah. And it's not like they were against Moxley. They just wanted no. to see Tana win, which I uh, campaigned for vigorously on the late night grand and got made fun of by people who may be on the screen with me right now. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, that was that was a tremendous match. I, Moxley was the only person who bled last night. And, boy, did he make up for everyone else on the show. Yeah. Um that was it's. I mean, I'm never great at like going down into details and like, mm-hmm. but the entire feeling of that match, yeah, and honestly the whole show, but that one really stood out as like, you know, a lot of times by the main event these crowds are tired, and AEW's never really had a dead main event, but they've definitely had ones where it was less than the rest of the show, and it's yeah. not be, it's not an indictment on the talent. It's just that they're tired. That didn't happen this time, man. They were. Mm-hmm. Um, I okay. The one highlight I definitely remember. Um, during Moxley's entrance, they talked about him being subdued. They were like, you know, it seems like a focused and subdued John Moxley. And as soon as they said it, he jumped up on a chair and ripped his hood down and yelled yeah. something like, "Let's fucking go, bitch!" or something. Like that. Yeah, and I screaming. lost my mind. Yeah, and there's there's those women in the crowd that were like popping huge, just standing yeah. right in front of him. You yeah. know, I because I did mention though, you're absolutely correct. But I must say, the vibe in his entrance was something though, right? Yeah, it was very like prize fight. It was very like, mm-hmm. oh, I it loved was, it. Yeah, it was special, man. I, Having Regal with him worked, and then Regal just kind of disappeared, which popped me huge. Yeah. Um, that was great visual though, wasn't it? And they used the start of the New Japan theme yeah. on his. That was nice. Very nice. So you're, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I've always got the sense that you like the idea of Hiroshi Tanahashi very much because, like, God bless, look at him as a wrestler, yeah. right? But you haven't seen a bunch. Was he kind of what had been described in a lot of ways? Oh, yeah, he you? was awesome. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can definitely tell. I can, you could definitely tell he's older. Yeah. I mean, I knew anyway, but I'm just trying to speak as someone who didn't have tons of experience with him. I would imagine that the performance he had last night is not something he could do weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely seems like someone who, if you, you know, he can still get up for a big one. And that was one thing that was very apparent with pretty much all the new Japan guys, um, which I guess this is kind of hard for me to actually say, cause I don't know what their baseline is, but they all seem very oh, motivated yeah. last night. Yeah. Like it was yeah. noticeable. Everyone seemed motivated, but especially, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just like the good. Well, I, I know, like from what I understand, basically, like the crowds have to be quiet over there right now, like they're required yeah. to, right? They can only clap. Yeah, they can't like yeah. chant or cheer. Or, yeah, because I like in the buy-in, there was a couple dudes who looked like legitimately stunned at the reactions. <laughs> like, yeah, um, yeah, it was quite the ride, man. Like for someone who doesn't follow new japan closely i don't have a ton of experience with it a lot of these guys i know mostly by name only perfect example would be like the shibata thing i didn't know what that music was i had no idea now i know shibata i knew it was a big deal it popped me but like when the music hit and everyone went crazy i was like what the fuck is happening until they cut (laughs) and i saw his name on the screen um but yeah that was a 
I can't imagine. And to be fair, I haven't really seen any negativity about this show, but I can't imagine like watching that show and not walking away from it just being fired up. As someone who um, you are the veteran of our platform, right? Yeah. You wear that, right? That's fine. Oh, I'm kind of the veteran in wrestling fandom in general. I think most people don't last this long. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty true. Is it kind of because I find it cool as just someone that loves pro wrestling? Like, it's wild how these Japanese guys received, right? Like, oh, the yeah. tops. Honestly, not even the top stars. Like, you mean, I haven't seen it, but like, from one time, Yoshi has, she got like a big reaction and Goto got one. And like, I mean, that's crazy. That's, that's growth for the industry, man, because we both know it was not always like that, fair say, right? Yeah. Well, that was the other thing, too. I, I think, I think I made this point on the grand. It's, I'm not trying to pretend it's some groundbreaking point, but. The big difference between last night and the build of this show was the crowd was there mm. for these guys. Um, some of those shows on the road too, you know, I'm sure there were some people in the crowd who were like, "What? What is happening right now?" You know, they're just yeah. there to see the local, the wrestling's in town, and they're there to see a few of the guys that they know, and they probably don't watch all the time. So Will Osprey comes out, and they're like, "What? What the fuck is happening?" Um, <laughs> You didn't have any of that last night because everyone was there for to see those guys. Um, The Okada reaction is something I won't really ever forget. Um, Thank God they got him on that show. That would have been. He was the most over guy in that match. Oh, yeah. Um, Hangman and Adam Cole were in that match, dude. That match ruled, man. Like the, the obviously the ending got botched and that's kind of circumstances out. They actually did the right thing. I'm glad they because you know, they've done that in the past where they tried to keep going in AEW. Mm-hmm. So good for them for actually just wrapping it up and going home. But um, until that botched inning, that match was... It was really good, I, yeah. I thought that was yeah. Cole's best performance in AEW by far. Um, yeah. Everyone looked good, though. Okada, mm-hmm. um, you know, we talked about, on I think on Friday, about, you know, how much he was going to care and then what his effort level... He was here crowd, for, man. Yeah. yeah. Once he got Big. that crowd, I mean, he was probably going to be there anyway, but once he got that crowd reaction, man, he was. We'll, we'll circle back to that one. I want to give you a chance because I've talked about, talk about Claudio, who, you know, we, I don't want to say we knew because I don't know shit, but like we talked about how it felt like it had to be him, right? It just had yeah. to be. Um, So he got the reaction we thought he would. He had the match we thought he would, but hard to be anything but just happy for him, right? Oh, dude. I Yeah. I'm so, I was. I've watched his entrance a few times now because that's the that's the thing I do rewatch is entrances and moments, and like there's a moment during that entrance where you can tell he's just soaking the whole thing in and he's so mm-hmm. happy, um, and yeah, like it it's hard not to be fired up for him. It's not you, you know, I stand by the fact that I think he's a world champion in this company, um, which I don't, like, I don't actually. The, the Cesaro Claudio thing, it, there's nuance to that that some people act like there isn't. Agree. I think it's probably fair that he's not a world champion in WWE. Mm-hmm. But in AEW, he's a world champion. They're different yeah. products. Like he fits, he fits AEW better. But and the the testament to him is he was still very good in WWE. Um, but he wasn't a world champion in WWE. He probably doesn't have the personality for it. That's not a knock on him. 
Um, yeah. He has a personality. He doesn't have their kind of personality. He's made to be an AEW. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's very a, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, that's that's one thing that we're going to start to see. Over, We're already starting to see it. Like, there's guys who fit better in WWE that are in AEW right now. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say they don't fit in AEW, but they fit better. And we saw it with Cody. Look at Cody. Like mm-hmm. That weekend know? where, like, Cody went one way. And then Joe came into AEW, and I said to you, I remember texting you about being like, so basically both guys just where they should have been. Yeah. <laughs> basically is what happened, right? Like, Claudio absolutely should be there, you know? I agree. Fred's, your friend in the chat, Cesaro's a perfect intercontinental champion, though, and he didn't have that enough. That's fair. Um, yeah, no, I, look. He might be the best tag him. team guy in the history of WWE, by the way. Let's be real. Look, they definitely could have done more of him. To you and I, I'll speak myself, they should have done more of him. The one thing is, is like, and we're all guilty of this, and this is saying it's been a genuine goal of mine. Like, since I came back, I've really thought about this a lot. Like, it's hard, that stuff, right? Like, that conversation is very, I think sometimes folks in in the the podcasting arena, and let me stress again, I have done this as much as anyone ever. Like, the use, misuse thing is a slippery slope in a lot of ways, right? All I know is, when it's all said and done, and I think he's got a long way to go because he still looks amazing physically, which is hilarious oh. because dude's over 40 now, right? <laughs> like He's not a young guy necessarily, but he looks incredible. But he's going to be like one of the most beloved wrestlers this generation, you know? And um, that is possible because of WWE's exposure. Let's be real. It is what it is. That rules. Um, but, you know... It's also possible because he's fucking great and you can't hold him down with good or bad booking. You know, like we can get lost in that stuff sometimes, right? Like I agree with you, man. I don't know if he should have been world champ. I don't know ultimately if for Claudio's legacy it matters much. Like exactly. And let's be clear, there's no guarantee he's gonna be world champion in AEW. But that's his ceiling here. Yeah. Um Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's that stuff's always difficult, right? Because it's like there's someone later on the show we'll talk about who like was misused one side and people are saying it's misused this side. So I don't know, man. I don't know. Why. <laughs> it's hard. Like it's, yeah. there's so many factors that go into it. All I think the I other thing is, that, that people make the mistake of, and I don't necessarily, I don't know that we do this, but like you can say someone was misused or not used to the maximum of their ability. And it's, it's not an insult on the career they had. No, Cesaro had an incredible career. run in WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Like to say they could have got more out of him does not diminish. Yeah what he did do there. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think he's the best tag team wrestler in the history of that company. Um, yeah. It's one of the best tag team wrestlers in the history of wrestling. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And especially when you consider that, like he did it with so many, like he doesn't really have the iconic team. Mm-hmm. Him and, and, and kid probably could have been that, but yeah, they didn't get that to happen. Um, he just that's had a ton of different partners. <laughs> like Seamus is the, is the WWE one that's closest. That's right? true. Yeah. That, yeah, that's which is funny because I don't think that's my favorite. That kind of flipped my mind, which kind of. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah I, don't um, know. I think I think there's also something to be said by like, you know, we're doing this now. The way that nerds like us talk about an Arn Anderson or a Bobby Eaton of yesteryear, he'll be okay. Oh yeah, Claudio <laughs> you know, will be okay. And you know, also, like we the we turn the his hot tag into like a, a joke, but it is a real thing. Oh, and we're ba- like, wait till Wednesday when he comes into that match. That's going to yep. be fucking awesome. It's going to be great. He's the only guy that really can can fill this role. We knew that all along. Yeah. Um, I love the sincerity of his little post match. I wish the commentators just laid out for that one second because he he fucking 
he was like apologizing because he got a little tired and he was like, I don't know, man, I just love wrestling. <laughs> I love you guys. It was, he was amazing. In the post show scrum, he answered like three questions and left. <laughs> I need to say it. Um, we know none of these wrestlers, but if ever there was a guy whose reputation was truly pristine, it's him, isn't it? My God. I mean, that dude's yeah. beloved across wrestling. So very happy for him. Did um, you see? I, because I, like, you haven't, like, do you see the reaction he got on Twitter? No, it was just wrestlers. Becky Lynch tweeted, like, yeah, I need to go through that stuff because that was yeah. actually genuinely. I want to bring this up. I forgot. Thank you, pal. Um, love the commentary team. Didn't you shoot? Taz yeah. was a great call because he gave you some actual analysis, which is something that they do struggle with, admittedly. Kevin Kelly killed it. What do you think of the announcing crew they had? Here? I thought Kevin, like, uh, Kevin Kelly, I'm kind of like, I think he's good, but I think he something's missing with him for me personally. But yeah. on this show where he wasn't the lead guy, he's very good. He was very good. I actually thought, I thought commentating, I thought commentary was good all night. Um, I I thought JR was good. I thought it was a good idea to not have him do the whole show. Um, Agree. But like they got him out there for the matches he cared about, which was smart. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that you know you know what I mean. Like you can yeah. tell when Jr's really into something versus when he's just doing his job. And he was into Absolutely. the stuff that he got to call. Um, yeah, I thought I thought they were great. You know, Shivani only did the Sting match, which popped me huge. Um, and he was just having a blast, man. Um, <laughs> that was like that show in a lot of ways, felt like everyone involved was just doing a love letter to professional wrestling. Yeah, it was very, like, it was very celebration. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I want to circle back to that kind of as a conclusion. Um, Yeah, this is a good point. Like, a lot of them were tweeting vaguely, and Becky just, like, tagged him and then tweeted a screen cap of his entrance. Like, she doesn't care because she's untouchable. What are they going to do, beat her on TV? Um. I did talk about the the opener, which I thought was wonderful. Um, those they like Eddie Kingston, those AEW fans. Have you heard that shoot? It's pretty popular. I tweeted that, like having him open pay per views is such a brilliant move. Um, yeah. You know, you hope there's a time where where they're not going to have that choice because he's going to be wrestling for the world championship, maybe. Um, but yeah, he's just like he's like heart and soul of the promotion. Him and Moxley, yeah. um, which is weird because they, you know. Really, they shouldn't be, but they are. Mm-hmm. Um, at least with I, that's pro- I probably varies depending on like what type of fan you are. I'm I guarantee like there's certainly people who feel Kenny and the Bucks are, like, and they're the reason they watch the promotion to begin with. Um, yeah. For me, it's like like Mox. I mean Mox, but Kingston, the connection that he has with the audience. Yeah. Like you knew, I knew. I mean, you, just watching the buy-in, you knew he was going to get a massive reaction, and even. He still got more than I expected. Like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I will say, and I mentioned it earlier. Just to you, reiterate, that's a good shout too. Yeah, you was, was over huge. Yeah. Um, they so all were. The Literally, was, they all were. Like, I thought that was going to be good, but over delivered. Right? It was very. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. She um, looked like a star, which from fun. what I've seen is not necessarily been <laughs> yeah. always the case. Yeah, I haven't seen enough, honestly. But he was amazing here. You can't blow oh, me yeah. away, honestly. Um. Right, so we talked about the opener. We talked about Claudio, Mox, Osprey. Uh, let's move next to the uh, the All Atlantic title match, which I have to say, 
This was, I would say it was like almost un AEW how much they emphasized Miro here. It really popped me. They really made a point of it. Like, Miro was a fucking killer in this match, dude. It was awesome. What did you think of the four way? So I thought it was laid out brilliantly, but not necessarily, not for the reason you just said, even though you're right. Yeah. The way they presented Connors. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it popped me so huge. They basically, like, for the first, what, three quarters of the match, he was basically just a geek that was in over his head. Mm-hmm. But you knew what was coming. Yeah. And when it came, it worked. Like the crowd was huge. there. Yeah. I thought he was going to win for. I legitimately thought he was going to win for a second. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah that that was brilliantly done. Um. They basically told the story that he had no business being there because that was kind of like that's kind of how you felt, fair to him or not. That's just. Yeah. That was the reality of the situation. They presented it that way, but then by the end of the match, you didn't feel that way anymore. Um. And they played into it. I thought everyone was great here. I think. You know, we we went back and forth Friday, even as we were talking about it, like who we thought would win, who we wanted to win. I actually think they made the right call watching it mm-hmm. happen. Um, that was a really cool moment. Um, I'm really happy for for Pac. Pac, I don't remember, I don't actually know how you say that. I think I think whoever, however you want to say it, maybe. Um, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this was tremendous. Everyone was good in it. Um, they, they honestly, they gave you a moment where you felt like any, all four of them were going to win at one point. Like, yeah. Um, Malachi hit the, it's, what's it called now? Is it, it's not called Still, the black mask. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, In he hit mist, that and I thought right? he was about to win. I don't even remember what happened right after he hit it. Somebody, I think attacked him or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, he hit the mist. Um, it was, like gonna was do, awesome. you know, him and Miro is the program, right? You would think so, yeah. And hopefully more I, people get involved in that. I brought up the Miro thing because, like, I agree with everything you said about Clark Connors, but, like, Pac and Malachi are two of the most protected guys in the promotion. And they basically made it very clear to you that, like, when he was heads up and he was fighting, he was just beating the shit out of all of them. Um, I will say, one of the things that's really striking about Miro, and I'm not doing it, it used to be better thing here, I'm just being honest, it's wild that he's, like, one of the only guys that just throws punches. Yeah. Do you notice that? Like... When you see him in there with these, everyone throws like such a wide array of strikes and they do like, you know, Malachi's doing fucking like step up knees and shit and everyone's doing forearms. Miro just throws some good old fashioned pro wrestling right hands and they rule, man. That stood out to me in this thing. You're right. Everyone looked great. Um, They made the build feel. Brody King sounds fun. Be tremendous. That's a rare moment where I see a tweet about or a message about a Buddy Matthews match and the other one actually pops me more. Um, eh, Miro like, versus Buddy be fun, but Miro versus Brody sounds like a blast. No, you're actually right. Yes, yeah, so there was so, the Buddy one doesn't feel right necessarily. Whereas Brody the one shit kicked yeah. out of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Miro is going to have a pretty big few months ahead. Okay, let's go to the winner takes all tag title match. They scared me with this Dax Harwood business. I assume this is all just you know. Was this all shenanigans? I have no idea. You don't know. He had um, he he was taped up and had ice on his shoulder in the post in the scrum. Um, scared me, dude. Now, of course, know. that's you know that's what he should do anyways. Have that. Um, it'll pop you to know that no one asked him in the in the post show scrum. They just ask him if he likes Tony Khan. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. There's Fair. there's stuff on that. Uh, we've talked about this before, but if you watched FTR on that scrum last night you won't believe there's any chance in hell they're leaving. Mm. Um, I don't really think there is. Yeah. He called Tony Khan. Dax called Tony Khan a genius. The only thing 
I would say about is is like there is a, a non-zero chance that by the time their deal is up, they've done like so much that it's like, well, yeah, let's just cash out, you know? Because like cash they want to be AW tag team champions for two years. There you go. So that's well, a real FTR run, and they haven't had that yet. I mean, a fucking player pops me. I mean, I, I um. You know, I, I love this, the, whether it was intended or not, I love the setup of Dax being the conquering hero. I love the way it positioned Cash to kind of take that that centre stage, right, and, and, and kind of as much as he's often by just personality, he falls in the background compared to Dax because Dax is so aggressive and intense. Yeah. Cash is great. And like I thought the way they presented it allowed him to kind of show that. Um, the Grey O'Khan is interesting, huh? He popped me. Yeah, me too. He's just—he's he's just, definitely like he would probably pop me less if I had to watch him all the time, but like <laughs> now and then, pop me huge. He just what I like about him is he like seems to wrestle like his own match. Like he seems yeah. to be in his own thing. It's, it really is—it um, really is something. But uh, yeah, I thought this was very, very good. It was great. I'm Rapongi blasting it, man. Rocky and Trent are—I'm sure you didn't see any of their like prior work, right? I seen. I right? saw. Didn't like. Didn't we? I saw them wrestle the Bucks, which I, I assume has to have been at Wrestle Kingdom. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. For, for, for the junior team. tag titles, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they definitely wrestled. I mean, they were in a few of those multi mans. They did a two on two at Wrestle Kingdom too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. Yeah, they're a great team, aren't they? Good luck. Yeah, I miss Rocky Chuck though. I mean, I, I don't. I think Rapungi Vice is probably the better move of the two. But I wonder where Chuck. Like, I wonder if he's hurt or if he's about done or. Yeah, I don't know. He hasn't risked in a while, so yeah. Hopefully, he's good. Time, um, time wise, it would be right time for his contract to be up, but not to yeah. go into that. But who knows? Yeah, hopefully I like him. I like. I've always liked Chuck Taylor. Absolutely. Um, Joe, did you did you see the you didn't see the buy in, did you? No, brother. Um, by, by seven o'clock, I wanted to just get into the. <laughs> genuinely, it's the best buy in they've ever done. Oh, All four matches are awesome. They added Archer and Camarado. I don't that know if you know that. Yeah, that happened when we were on the air. It popped me. Okay. Yeah, so I'll tell you, this show's pretty good. Um, speaking of such, Sting, dude, I was for about five seconds when Sting didn't come out. I was like, please, God, tell me he was not like not actually cleared when they announced this. I was hot. Yeah. And they got that incredible shot of him standing on the. That was an amazing visual. I wonder who that he, was. He did a fucking dive, dude. Yeah. This match ruled. What about when Sting forgot where he was supposed to be and just got out of the ring and Nick Jackson was like, back in there, brother, and he just got back in and was like, yep. fuck it. What spot are we doing now? <laughs> he, he took more bumps rules, than... Dude, he took more bumps in this match than Shingo. Yeah. He opened... Yeah, like, they opened the match with Sting diving off the fucking stage. Um... Yeah. Amazing. He's incredible. Um... The moment someone said it in the chat a long time ago, but the moment where he no sold the double super kick and the the entire building came up. Oh yeah, that's pro wrestling, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. That was that was a wonderful moment. It's just cool seeing him in there with the Bucks. Honestly, you yeah, know, it's a really cool like history piece. I think for those of us that are aware of kind of let's be honest, the Young Bucks are going to be like one of those teams that mm-hmm. are in the very much in the height at the top end of of wrestling history when it comes to tag team wrestling. So having them in there with Sting, let alone the fact that fucking Shingo's on Sting's team. 
Like, and by the way, El Fantasmo sure brought it on this night, didn't he? My God, he was fucking going crazy out there. It was unbelievable. Um, match rule, this was the perfect example of what he talked about in terms of that atmosphere, that fun yep. party atmosphere, right? And the Bucks are, they're masters of that style, right? Just the fucking, the like wrestling, I mean, it's this cliche, the super kick party, but like it is a party atmosphere when these guys are in there doing their thing. It was really special, I thought. Tremendous. He, uh, this was the perfect example of I still I will believe this forever that the Bucks do not get enough credit for how versatile they are. Yeah, I mean that's coming from someone who thought the exact same way before I actually started seeing them all the time. Um, there's this belief that they're just spot guys, and that's all. Like that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, absolutely. They sure. they worked this match. I just saw what you text me and popped. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, that's fine. <laughs> That doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they, everyone they, like. I keep going back. This was all. In some ways, this is a tremendous show to review because it was so much fun. Um, I 100% genuinely almost went live by myself when the show ended last night. I was DMing Bob, and I was like, "I got to start playing." I fired up my video game because I was like, "If I don't, I'm going to end up going live by myself and just talking oh. to the chat for two hours." Um, Cause that was one of those ones where you just had the adrenaline pumping and like, mm-hmm. that was a, they went almost four hours, about three forty-five, I think. And it felt like 90 minutes. The pacing is something I want to talk about for sure, because I think there's a very interesting lesson in that. Um, before we do that, you did mention the four way, you know, I thought hangman was incredible here. I mean, everyone was good, but I thought hangman was like, Oh, we actually made kind of a statement in that regard. Um, finish the bummer. Obviously, we hope Adam Cole is 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 you know doing good. I think he sounded, Tony physically. made it sound like he's going to be fine, but of course, that's what Tony's right. going to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I know. I think. I mean, it's, it, it's concussion, so a rough run of it, huh? Very rough. Yeah. Um, but the match was very good. It was a. It was a shame it ended that way, but nonetheless, I did enjoy it very much. Now, looking at this this length here, and I want to talk about Tony and Thunder Rosa. I've not forgotten it, but I'm looking at length. Longest match on the show was 21 minutes, which was the Fatal 4-Way. Okay. The shortest match on the show was 10 minutes for the, the World Women's title. And then next up was like, yeah, 15. Almost every... Before you go into your point here, is if you'd asked me to guess the times on any of these matches, there's no way I would have gotten any of them right. That's the thing, right? Because but most of them were in the same range, and the only pay per view that pay that was paced as well as this one they've ever done was all out last year. And I'm yeah. telling you, folks, go look it up. There is a there is a definitely a comparison made there in terms of length. That Lucha Bros Young Batch match is only twenty, which is not excessive by any means. Um, these guys are more than good enough to have a great match in 20 minutes. <laughs> How know. long was the main event? 18. Okay. And it, was, it, was, it was packed with drama, right? You didn't need yeah. any more time. Um, I agree. The women feel that short. I don't know. I don't know if you mean that as a compliment or not, but it didn't no, feel I like agree. it. We'll talk about it in a second. Uh, Melissa cheered 100 bits. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. Um, so... I want to talk about this this World Women's title match because I didn't think it was bad by any means. Actually, it was quite good. But they did something that was really interesting from a booking perspective where, like, unless I – maybe I just misjudged it or misread it. 
But you felt like Rosa took most of the match and just won. Yeah, we got the one spot where it looked like Tony was going to win. Um, yeah. But yeah, I know what you mean. It felt like she, it was like very decisive and emphatic, I thought. And I'm not saying this is a criticism. I don't want to, because again, it's that much. Like, I'm trying to just judge it what they did rather than whether it was, but it was striking to me how much of the match I thought she took. I said on Friday that I thought it was a mistake to do this match if Tony wasn't winning. I still kind of feel that way, but um, it sure sounded like his reason for doing this was that was that Tony was a former Stardom champion, and so to him that made it fit. Like this, it didn't sound like this was like Tony's title match. This was literally just like that was the match the match that most fit the concept of what they were. <laughs> Doing because he couldn't get anyone from stardom because they don't have visas. Um, so that's really what he like. It's what he said. They wanted to get someone from stardom, but that rules. schedule didn't really work, and none of them have visas. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if that's true or not, but um, yeah, this was interesting. I don't really have like it's weird because I do. I still feel like they probably shouldn't have done it if Tony wasn't going to win. But I don't think Tony's dead in the water either. Um, I think we have a tendency to just declare like these people are done because they lost the title match. Um, they're clearly more invested in her than a lot of. I just don't. I don't know what people necessarily want her to be in this division. Yeah, I've said this to you before. I, I honestly pull the punch because it's like she seems so fucking cool, and like, I'm rooting for her just because the way she. Left WP was one of the one of the great wrestling things. I have immense respect for it. But it's like as she is currently as currently constructed, to me, she is a very valuable contender that people like. I do not currently see in her absolutely, oh yes, we need to like protect at all costs and make her the face of the video. I don't get it. Like I'm not even trying to like protect booking here. I'm not saying because I think you're right. But like I don't get the sense that there's an act here that's like ready to explode and be central. I, actually, like, I genuinely, I, I like Ruby more than her. I think the Ruby for, one bothered me more than, than this one did. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, I think I'm with you on that. I think there's a lot of people disagree. That's fine. But yeah, that's fair. I think even in this match, like I think roses, like to me, there's this weird, like rewrite on Rose. that's gone too far now. Like we've overcorrected. Yeah. Like, I thought Rose was fucking great here. <laughs> I thought she looked really good here. Well, offense looked good. Like, I don't know. And it's like I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh well, she's not she's not she's she's good. Like, but the women's division is stronger than people realize. And I think it's stronger than like Tony Storm just being the centerpiece in it, you know? Um I also think they need to still figure out like Tony's personality on screen. And I've said that for the whole I've said that for years, honestly, but in AEW they haven't figured it out yet, and that's fine. But I don't think anyone can say that she's getting like these monstrous reactions and they're misreading it. It's like, oh yeah, she's not. She's a nice piece Statlander of the division. Is the one who's getting those. Yeah, and it's like she's a nice piece of the division. She's very, very valuable. I'm not saying any of that isn't the case. I'm just like, I personally don't see it to be a crime that she lost the title match on pay per view. Now, do I wish the match came off a little better? I do. Not that it was bad. I thought it was pretty good. But again, it, we didn't go into over. But you know, that is where it is. Um, there's time to rebuild with Tony. There's a lot to like about Tony. She's working hard in these matches. She seems like she's having a great time being there. I just she's still pretty young, right? 
yeah. And it's like none of this is me trying to like write the book or being, you know, saying this in indictment of her. Like I think highly of her. I just don't I don't think it's that big of a deal, you know? That's just my take on it. Again, and maybe uh maybe I'm being unfair, but personally I thought Rosa should have won. I thought it was a clear in the match she should have won. And you know, hopefully they can actually get her on TV. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in this in this kind of wing of her uh, leg of her championship reign. To answer Cody's question, I thought Thunder got a nice pop on her entrance. The start of the match, they did um, trading chance, and then they kind of faded away a little bit. Her music always gets a good reaction, right, Rosa? Like, because it's just that yeah. awesome, so intense. But um, I don't know. It, it was fine. Uh, all right, let's just kind of wrap this up here as we go past the hour mark. Forbidden Door. We've talked about a lot of it. Um, the thing that I remember most about the show, beyond any single match, honestly, was that kind of vibe that we talked about, right? That sense of, you know, that sense of optimism to the whole thing. Yeah. As much as stuff had kind of fallen apart along the way, and there was a range of, of issues in the in the um, in the build up, some false, some not. There was this exhale that we all felt last night it's relieved okay the show's on and everyone's working as hard as they possibly can and at core this is a really cool thing for pro wrestling I think that's what i remember most what about you shoot yeah that's probably about right like that's you know when we first started do when i first started doing this one of the things that i talked about was the aw felt like optimistic promotion mm-hmm. and that was and they still do for the most part but yeah the last night was a real um, example of that, and like that, that vibe that I definitely think WWE lost. And I don't, to be fair, I don't watch them anymore, so maybe they've gotten better about it. But that vibe that like everyone's happy you're watching genuinely, mm-hmm. and that, and that they present it that way, the announcers speak about it that way. They're at their best when they're really playing that up. And they were last night. Like this was like a party that we were all in in on together. Yes. Um, and I don't I don't think that's something anyone could even argue with me about. Like we went through stretches where WWE had heel commentators. We went through like that. There that was definitely not a thing that like. No, you're right. Um, you know, you had care. You had uh, authority figures on screen calling fans morons and things like. And there's still there's heels in AEW that do that, but they're not in power. That's that's the big difference. Um, they weren't there last night either, right? Like there was no Dan Lambert cut away or yeah, this um, is different for sure. There was a uh, um, Hobbs and Starks kind of. They were on the pre. They were on the buy-in. They did a promo from the Skybox, um, mm. but even they weren't. They didn't do it. They don't do that anyway. But yeah, last night was definitely kind of like it was just. You know, a love letter to professional wrestling. I genuinely feel like, like Jack and I talked about in the text message that, I mean, you were in there. Like, we both have this in our top five shows, pay per views of all time. Um, and yet I'm not willing to do the homework to prove that case. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to go with that and, and stay with it. Um, yeah, this is the best way to put it. AEW at its best is it's a unifying experience that we're all a part of. Um, you know, it goes back, like, I, I'm still, like, the, the stuff that Mock said on the podcast with his wife um, still stands out to me as, like, 
so refreshing to hear like a major professional wrestler talk about the fans as if they're a positive thing and not fucking nerds that they have to put up with. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that there's a section of, of people on Twitter who you, I don't blame them for feeling that way about, right. but on a whole, yeah. like, we need to move back. We need to move past this thing where like we're embarrassed that we like wrestling and just accept the fact that like professional wrestling fucking rules, man. Are there times that it's embarrassing? Absolutely. But yeah. at its best, you know, at times like last night, it's fucking incredible, man. Like, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. I just think it's another conversation for another day, but I think a lot of the the contrasting take is people that are like too deep in a certain subsection and like drive themselves fucking crazy, you know? Like and we, we've both been there. Yeah. But, like, there are things that people convince themselves are conversations online that aren't actually real conversations at all and are just, like, 10 people on your timeline. Right. Yeah. Like, man, wrestling fans are dumb. And it's like, I mean, no, it's just, like, there's a bunch of people on your feed that are being dumb because they're fucking nuts. <laughs> I do think that's you know. a real thing. Like, I'm trying to think of examples. Like, but, like, that's a real thing now where there's a lot of wrestlers who talk about the yeah. fan base as if they're not a positive thing. It's also um, the neg it's that thing too of like wrestling fans, you know. Wrestling fans are never happy. And it's like, well, I mean, what does that mean? Yeah. You know? <laughs> they seem pretty happy quite often to me in the actual arena. Maybe they're miserable on Twitter, but that's fucking that's just the, the way I'll social say, is. Like because we think Adrian's the perfect example of the casual fan to me that I can interact with and like yeah. She loves professional wrestling, but she's not like Yeah. And she loved that show last night. She didn't know who any of those guys were. Like, she didn't even know who Okada was. Like she loved that show. The because, first thing she said was that was better than double or nothing. Because the, the casual fans' reactions people they don't know isn't to just turn the show off. It's like they just watch it for what it is. Especially, like, I've talked about this a, a lot in the past. Like I don't know how you can watch a show like that with a crowd like that and not mm -hmm. get into it. Yeah. To sit there and see all these people losing their fucking minds, be like, well, this fucking sucks. Like, yeah. that was part of what really got me hooked on AEW. Was the, you yeah. know, the shows, when it first started, the shows felt like a party. Mm -hmm. And we hadn't had that. No, I've seen. You're right. It's just, that's just a, a, one of those things that's become such a talking point. And like, look, I think objectively, AEW could have done a way better job of introducing some of these wrestlers, right? Like, oh, for sure. Like, watching with my folks, it's totally lost on them that Shingo's a big deal because it wasn't really explained to them. But that being lost on them doesn't mean they, like, just don't care or don't watch. Like, you just – it's wrestling, man. Like, it's fucking – you know, it's – I don't want to kind of, like, water the topic down. But, look, ultimately, it's intended to be fun. And there are times where it's – Inability to do so frustrates you, I, and anyone that's this deep in the bubble. That goes for anyone watching. Is what it is. It doesn't mean we're going to come on here every week and like be smiling and be like, "Well, have a great show," when it isn't. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, it, good intention can get you very far with entertainment. That's the truth. Good in whether AEW is exactly built for you or myself, whoever's taste. It was very clear watching the show last night that everyone was intending to have a good time. Everyone was working their absolute hardest. It was a lot of fun, you know? And that's, again, that's kind of a lazy take. And I know fun is like a kind of lame description, but it's like, 
That's what it was, wasn't it? It was just a fucking good time. It flew by. Last night was a perfect example of why we spend our time on this hobby. Like, that's... I've been watching wrestling now for 32 years. Last night was a perfect example of why that's the case. Um, I still... Like, I'm having... Jenny, like I, you know, I've like I said, I've been watching this for 32 years now. Mm-hmm. 41 years old, and I'm having more fun with professional wrestling than I've had in my life. Um, that's a genuine take. Within since basically since they've went back on the road, I'm having more fun with professional wrestling than I've ever had. Um, mm-hmm. That's not to say it's perfect. There's not. It's not to say there's not things that frustrate me. But like, fuck, man, I'm like watching indie shows to watch Takeshita. Oh. Like, I didn't do shit. I've never done shit like that before. Like, <laughs> that's, you know, that's just where I'm at right now. I hope it lasts. I'm sure it, sooner or later it's gonna, you know, it'll taper off, but I'm having a blast right now, man. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't love the build for this show. I was very vocal about that, but it wasn't a thing where I was like, like, I I'm not, this isn't me knocking him at all, but like the thing Bob's going through right now where he like, he doesn't even really want to watch. Like I was frustrated by some of the stuff, but I'm nowhere near that. I'm still like looking forward to the shows and like, that's just where he is right now. That's not me saying he's wrong because that's, you know, you're not, you can't really be wrong about that. Um, Yeah, man. Like it's, shit's fun, dude. Like Absolutely. I look for, I I look forward to the YouTube shows, mm-hmm. like genuine, genuinely, like let, let's, like a big part of why we're not doing the Tuesday shows anymore. Well, are like I miss watching Dark with Adrian, and listening to Excalibur and Taz, mm-hmm. and you know, like we like genuinely we weren't really even paying attention to the shows, no, because we were talking and like. Yes, last Tuesday's show got a little weird, but in the past, like we were talking, we were having fun. Mm-hmm. But like, I missed watching the show. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I we're having a blast, man. Pro wrestling at its best is fun. Um, doesn't mean that everyone has to like it. Doesn't mean that you're wrong if you don't like something. No matter how frustrated we can get at times, and you know, we can argue with each other. At the end of the day. This shit is very, very subjective. If you thought Forbidden Door last night was a 6 out of 10, I can't tell you you're wrong. I don't agree with you, but I also can't tell you you're wrong. Like, you might be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think what that would come down to is maybe just AEW is not for you, which is fair. Shoot. You know? Just do me a favor, right? Just don't do a deal with Feinstein and we're cool. You know I mean? Oh, God. Yeah. At least say Sean Oliver or some shit, right? Um, no, in all seriousness. I'll do my shoot interview with Monty. Oh, he's a prick. Um, Bangers resubscribed. Bangers, he resubscribed. God bless. Crusher Max followed. Pop. Um, in all seriousness, we are in real time adjusting to the current wrestling landscape. And there was a time last summer where we felt we could feel many hours talking just about AEW. 
I think that became increasingly unhealthy for the product itself. The product being the late night grin, to be clear. <laughs> I think we were just it was unhealthy for our enjoyment of the AEW product at times too. I genuinely believe yes, that. Not so yes. much for me, maybe, but certainly for you guys. Um, I think no, for me, it was definitely for me. Yeah. yeah. I we're adjusting. If you do not like some of the WWE centric content or impact reviews or NWA reviews. There's always going to be a lot of AEW stuff. There always will be. We just did a review of this. Late Night Grim was all AEW on Friday, right? Like, it's all I can really contribute. Unless I start watching these, reviewing these indie shows, and I don't really want to do that. So that's right. It's it's just what I'm I'm getting at is just let it play out. Joe's coming out like crazy. It's popping me huge. I am. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Or maybe it's on my end. Maybe I don't know. Uh, might be. My name is from weird tonight. Um, I had a lot of issues tonight. I'm not going to get into that here. Um, we're, we're, we're a player. That's what I'm saying. Shoot. That's what I'm saying. All right, guys. Who who can we raid? Tell us who we can raid. We have like 70 people in here. It would be wasteful not to raid. Unless DodoBF Roar is on Twitch, in which case we could do that. Might be. Um, there's nobody on my recommended list that looks interesting. Colt Cabana. Cabana, apparently. Who did he wrestle last night? Was he on the buy-in? That seemed like a targeted shot there. Mia Yim? What's Mia Yim's thing? Mia Yim fucking rules. Do Mia Yim. What's her gimmick? people are watching her? Probably a lot, but who cares? What's her handle? Official Mia Yim. Oh, she's got 85 viewers. Yeah, let's rate her. All right. Medium's awesome. She's yeah. playing a video game, though, so she probably won't even notice, but we'll do it anyway. All right, we're doing this now. If you're watching on Twitch, you're going to be saying goodbye in a second. Please recall what she says. It may be funny. She may just completely ignore us. I don't know. We'll be raiding in five seconds, and then if you're on YouTube, we'll say goodbye. But first... Oh, is this on YouTube, too? Oh, oh wait. The tape version. Never mind. I think we did it. I think we did it. I think they think they just said bye. All right. Well, if you're watching YouTube, shoot, do you want to say anything just to the YouTube people? Hello, YouTube people. <laughs> this is confirmed shoot from Earth. <laughs> is that it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> bye. Uh, well, tomorrow we're going to do some uh, money in the bank shit, Bobby and I, and Oracle too. So, see you then. I don't know when the fuck the bird's going to be. I've got issues. All right. Just stay tuned at Late Night Grin. God bless. Enjoy the outro. <laughs>